And someone has called them the songs of experience because they, they are songs that tell it as it is. And uh, they don't hold back. The authors, whether it be David or others, just express what they're feeling right at that time. And whether it's mountaintop stuff, amazing encounters with God, or whether it's the depths, and uh, whether it's songs of the day when everything is great, or whether it's songs of the night when things are not so great. And I think that's what encourages about the Psalms, because... You know, they cover all aspects of life. So tonight we're going to start with a song from the night, which is going to be really encouraging and a real blessing um, about fear and anxiety. I don't know if you are anxious or have ever been anxious. If you've never been anxious in your life, what a blessed person you are. If you worry... Or have ever worried. Or if you are fearful. Or maybe even sometimes we don't like talking about in those terms. Or whether you just carry concern on your heart. Maybe for others. Family. Maybe work. Maybe the future. Then Psalms are a tonic for us. Because they express sometimes what we would love to express don't always have the words. It was Kipling who praised the virtue of a person who could keep their head when all about were losing theirs. I looked up that poem because I've heard it quoted so often. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating. And the one that's written on the uh, centre court player's entrance to the uh, centre court, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat these two imposters just the same, and he goes on and says, then you'll be a man, my son. And I read the poem and I said, rubbish. I don't know anyone who responds in that way to all of these things. Maybe you're the person in this congregation who sails through the storms of life with unruffled composure. Or one of those people who is able to sleep soundly at night, no matter what's going on in life. But I think if we were honest, most of us would say we're not quite like that. We are prone to concern, worry, fear and anxiety. And some of us will be more vulnerable to to pressures than others. But everybody's mental, physical and emotional constitution has its limitations. I know of people who went to Bible college with me who have stepped out of ministry because they just couldn't cope anymore with all that was being thrown at them and so often sadly thrown by the church. (laughs)
Some might say, oh, that's being a bit over top, pointing at Jesus' rebuke to his disciples for worrying. And I know it full well. I know it's not mature to worry. And I know that worry doesn't add to anything. But if you think about it, the mere fact that Jesus asked the questions, why do you worry, to his disciples, was clear evidence that he knew they did. Christians are not immune from anxiety or worry or concern or fear. And if you read through the scriptures, you will see great men and women of faith who experienced those times. If you read through church history, great men and women of faith had the most amazing things that they carried in their lives. You know, when, when I went to Spurgeon's College and began just finding out about this great, amazing man of God who was used by the Holy Spirit in incredible ways, would have severe bouts of depression. where He would just go to his bed for days. Yet here was a man who would stand in front of 30,000 or more people without a microphone and preach the gospel. None of us are immune. But in all of that, we have a resource that in any troubled circumstance makes all the difference. So we're going to have a, a read of a song of the night, and it's Psalm 55. Psalm 55. And as we read it, just listen to the heart of David as he just pours it all out to God in prayer. Psalm 55. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught at the voice of the enemy, the stares of the wicked, for they bring down suffering upon me and revile me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. And I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and storm. Confuse the wicked, O Lord, confound their speech. For I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they prowl about on its walls. Malice and abuse are within it. Destructive forces are at work in the streets. Threats and lies never leave its streets. If an enemy were insulting me, I would endure it. If a foe were raising himself against me, I could hide from it. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship as I walked with the throng to the house of God. Let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the grave, for evil finds lodging among them. But I call to God. The Lord saves me. Evening, morning and noon, I cry out in distress. He hears my voice. He ransoms me unharmed from the battle waged against me, even though many oppose me. God, who is enthroned forever, will hear them and afflict them. Men who never change their ways have no fear of God. 
My companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenant. His speech is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. But you, O God, will bring down the wicked into the pits of corruption. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men will not live out half their days. But as for me, I will trust in you. And you know it's a song of the night because everything seems darker in the night. you've ever woken up in the middle of the night and just been in despair it just seems so much worse in the night but here in Psalm 55 we have a perfect example of that resource because this is a prayer that's how David begins listen to my prayer O God and he just pours out his heart which is wonderful for us to have it written down because we have a window we look right into David's heart Written at a time of great personal insecurity. He speaks of anguish. He speaks of enemies plotting his downfall. He speaks of someone very close to him betraying him. And it's difficult. Many uh, commentators have tried to pinpoint the exact incident that he's talking about. But we don't quite know exactly what it is. Some say it's most likely to be during one of the many attempted coups that David suffered in the later years of his reign. Perhaps even his son, Absalom. Even his son who turned against him, who tried to get him off the throne. Imagine that, your own family turning against you. But whatever the precise situation, we hear David's voice that he is in trouble, big trouble, worried, well, Worried may be an understatement. He seems to be in total panic. In verse 4 and 5, he says, My heart is in anguish. Terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. And it may be reassuring for us to hear these words. Here is a man who as a young boy came face to face with the Philistine Goliath and looked straight into his eyes and says, I'm having you because God is with me. With a sling. I mean, he had used that sling many times as a shepherd. He could hit a hare on the move, you know. And Goliath falls. Here is the man who had that amazing revelation that we read in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Here is a man who walked so closely with his God that God said of him that he was a man after his own heart. And sometimes we imagine great men of God just sail through life with nothing troubling them not so at all his amazing walk with God didn't immunize David from worry or anxiety 
It was still in his repertoire of emotional responses. But what he does show us is something else, how to respond in those times. I've had this quote written down for ages. I didn't know who said it. At the end of my tether, there is a place called prayer. At the end of my tether, there is a place called prayer. And that is the resource that we have. Prayer is the distinctive resource that a believer has that unbelievers don't have. And you may say, well, unbelievers can pray as well. Well, yes, they can. But for the believer, the prayer is more than just pressing the emergency button. A prayer for a believer is about a relationship with God. If we restrict prayer to just those times where we press the emergency button, we're missing out on what God has given us the privilege, which is a relationship with Him. Where we can come to Him at any moment, in any state, and pour out our heart to Him. And we have access, direct access, to the throne of God above. And prayer provides the context in which David works through these anxieties that he's feeling. It's what he's doing here. This psalm is a great mixture. Everything is mixed up. Fear, grief, anxiety, anger, then hope and trust and faith. And there doesn't seem to be a logical, clear development. There's panic and sorrow and worry and faith all battle at the same time. See, this, this psalm is, is written in live action. This psalm isn't written down when David's had a year or two to reflect on those bad days and, and just write the account. But all was well in the end. He's writing it as it is. He's pouring out his heart to God. Written among the thunder and lightning of his agonizing emotions. But in the middle of it, at the center of it, he's pouring out his heart to God. He writes it all down. I don't know if you've ever done that. When you don't know how to pray, begin to write it down. Helps to form the things that we want to say to God. Sure, that's what helped David so much. He began, he wrote them down. And he struggles in the intimate, the one-to-one relationship with his God. But the key to this is verse 22, where he says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. And that's where we have to get to. Cast your cares on the Lord, for he will sustain you. Just in my personal life, my dad's really ill. And when I speak to him on the phone, I just kind of, just my heart just there's nothing I can do. And I say, Dan, I'm praying for you. And he says, thank you, son. And he's in the midst of all his turmoil. And whatever it is that you're in or the people that you're concerned for, you're carrying. And I come before God and I pour it out to him. I want to pick out two feelings that David mentions here. First is fear. This is not just a a mild tack of the nerves. This is not just the nerves of just before you get up to preach, you know. 
This is acute anxiety attack in David's life. He can't concentrate. He's suspicious of all that's going around him. The voice of the enemy, the stares of the wicked. If he was sitting before a sort of therapist, they'd probably call him paranoid. But all his inner organs are twisted in knots. There's this sense of awful foreboding hanging over him. He's tormented. He cannot know. And we cannot know what someone feels when they're going through that kind of anxiety. So it's no wonder he wants to run and escape. Have we ever felt like that? Oh, that we had wings of a dove. If we could just get out and just fly away. David knows that that's not the answer. There are so many people in our society who are just flying away. They're just running away from stuff all the time. They don't want to face up to it. And they run away for it in drink and drugs or, 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 or seeking experiences elsewhere just to blot it out. And God is crying out to them, come to me. Because we all know that we can't run away from it wherever we run. That's why prayer is so important for David and so important for us. So David speaks it all out. He names it all, all the stuff. He doesn't just bottle it down. He names it all. That's why prayer is such a precious resource. Because we are not alone. Ever. We always have a sympathetic ear. Prayer gives us access to the best listener in the world. Who understands. And is able to meet us in our need. David cries out evening, morning and noon. And he hears my voice. And even though many oppose me, he says, God is on his throne. Paul the Apostle writes in Philippians, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when we are fearful, when we are anxious, we turn to God in prayer. I don't know if those around David would have said, oh yeah, David, the great man. He would have looked composed on the outside and everything's all right. Like when you ask people, how are you? And they say, I'm fine. And inside they're just crying out. But if you saw him on his knees and you heard his prayers, you'd discover what was really going on, but also to discover the secret of his composure. Sometimes what strikes me about these psalms is just the hostility as well that comes out. I mean, didn't you kind of feel that as you, as you heard it read? God, Dave, as his friends called him, <laughs> King Dave. I'm sometimes shocked because he's actually, he's actually saying, God, deal with them. Deal with them. This is what they deserve. 
deal, deal with them. And it seems out of keeping with love and forgiveness and grace. But it's just there's anger coming out. He's dealing with That's how he's dealing with it. But he also sees something more because he sees what's going on in Jerusalem is not just his enemies. It is the enemies of God. They are abusing God's laws. They are abusing God's people. And he stands against it as we ought to stand against sin. Not the sinner, but against sin. Destructive forces are at work. There is a spiritual battle in the midst of all this. And there are acts of evil going on. Terrorism, corruption, intimidation. And we see what's behind it. The enemy is behind it. You watch the news any night of the week and ask yourself, who is behind this? It's the enemy. Loving every minute of it, every death, every atrocity, every abuse. Fueling it. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And David sees that destructive forces are at work and he calls on God to come. Put this right. And even if it's his own son, Absalom. But David, as we know, he knows that God is the God of justice and judgment will come. We hear in this psalm also David's grief. Because in the midst of the evil he sees around us, there is someone very close to him who has turned against him. And that hurts more than anything. Because he says, if the enemy was doing this to me, yeah, that's what you expect. If the evil people were coming against me, but it's my own one who I walked with. And whether he's referring to his son Absalom, I don't know. But imagine that. If he's referring to his own son, he's turned against him. And you can feel the hurt in his heart. But note again, it's expressed to God in prayer. And if it is about Absalom... If you read the story of David, when Absalom dies, David is visibly grieved and shaken and says in 2 Samuel 18, if only I had died instead of my son. He doesn't carry that bitterness. He gives it to God. See, when we don't give it to God, it eats us up and we, you know, we hold it. We almost take care of it as if it was a precious pet. We feed it. That what was done to me. We stroke it. You laugh? It's true. Till the pet grows up and eats us. David, in this psalm, a psalm of the night, is honest to God. And in verse 22, that key verse, cast your cares on the Lord, 
but he will sustain you. He will not let your foot slip. Peter echoes this when he says in his first letter, cast all your anxiety on Jesus because he cares for you. And so we come with the advantage over David of knowing that Jesus is for us, that he has paid the price for us, doesn't make us immune from what goes on in our lives and the battles that we face in our lives, but we can come to him and pour it all out to him and know that he will sustain us. And if David needed to do it, and Peter the Apostle needed to do it, and Paul needed to do it, and even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he, we cannot imagine what he's carrying in the garden. If there is another way, but not my will, but yours be done. And how can we go through life without it? So if you're anxious, or even if you're carrying concern, if you're fearful, the psalm just encourages us, David's experiences, to pour it all out to the Lord. Or however and whenever that crisis comes, if you guys who are going to India one night wake up in the middle of the night and say, what am I doing? I don't know, I feel so out of my... Then you just pour it out to God who cares for you. Or for any of us, however and whenever the crisis comes, remember we have access to heaven. And we're not just on hold. You know, I had that wonderful experience of trying to ring BT the other week. Your call is important to us. But we have lots of calls at the moment. And you're in a queue. We may not answer your call for 20 minutes. I said, 20 minutes? We have access. Not on hold. Not in a queue. Not 20 minutes time come back. Access. To the God of heaven and earth. Jesus, the saviour of the world you ever feel alone just tell yourself just say Jesus he is there with you in it all unless we insist on living in our own strength well all the best with that it doesn't work with all our own resources it doesn't work And I know the times when sometimes you feel you can't even pray. Well, you can. You, that's the prayer God hears. That cry from within. And the blessing I've heard a few times uttered this week by the beds of people in hospital or whatever, I have felt held by the prayers of the saints. Sometimes we think it means we, we, we lift people up in prayer. And it works. People have testified. I have felt held. 
as we bring our friends, our brothers and sisters to the very throne of God and say, God, would you break it? God, would you break it? And when we pray, he comes. I don't know if any of you here are going through something right now where you hear David's psalm and you say, yeah, I understand. Or maybe you've been there. Or maybe you will be there. Take heart from this song in the night. It's not a song of despair because you know how it ends. Key words. But as for me, I trust in you. After all he's poured out, as for me, I will trust in you. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your words. And we thank you for the psalms, these songs. Songs of the day and songs of the night. And we just want to pause and pray for those we know who are going through it right now. And maybe just in the quietness you want to pray for someone. To bring them to the throne of heaven. Let's just take a moment to do that. To bring those that we're concerned for to the throne of heaven. And maybe you want to actually imagine that in your mind's eye. Just bringing them to the very throne of God. And asking for God's touch and blessing. Let's just take a moment and do that. Lord, we bring these friends to you. And Lord, I pray for anyone here who's just going through this kind of experience right now. And I pray that you will draw near. That you will bring comfort and strength. And a peace that goes beyond understanding into that situation. Because as we respond with David, we trust you. We put our trust in you. Because we know that you are good. The lover of our souls. You could not love us any more than you do. You love us completely. 
We don't understand all things, but we know. Because we have seen and come to believe that you, Lord Jesus, are our Savior and Lord. That you, Father God, are our Heavenly Father. That you, Holy Spirit, are our comfort and strength. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to respond by just singing some songs of trusting in God. And we're going to begin.